Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Somebody that uh, knows what Five Squared is is uh, somebody that also knows a thing or two about history. And that's Brian Kilmeade, New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends on Fox News Channel, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, one of the most listened to in the country, and uh, the host of a Saturday show on Fox News, which is just killing it as well. Brian, it's great to talk with you again. How are you? Uh, good, Frank. You usually have a much longer quiz leading up to me. I'm very disappointed <laughs> for you because I know you like doing that. You- you know, you give you give uh, answers that lead up to uh, much tougher questions, but you you have to go to me early. I feel bad for your listeners. Now, do you do you think that that was too tough a question? Five squared. Well, I tell you, it throws you. I mean, I don't. I probably tenth grade is the last time someone asked me that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think a grade was on the line. But uh, I do think it's fair. Okay. I think it just okay. takes a it takes a pause to go. Wait a second, is this is this actually happening? This is true. All right, uh, Brian. Let me ask you about the story that uh, it seems like the all of I don't know if the whole world's talking about it, but the whole political world is talking about it, which is this raid at Mar-a-Lago and the status of the investigation, the move by the Trump folks to appoint a special master to review the documents in question. Where do you see this going, both legally and politically, at this point, Brian? Oh, wow. Interesting. There might be a pause. I mean, we're going to find about a special master, and that'll be back in the news. It'll probably be uh, one of our top two stories. But there's going to be a pause. I, I think there's a, there's a rule, might even be a written rule, that you just don't – you know, you're not going to indict a political figure this close to the midterms. And especially a political figure you can't even say he's retired. I mean, Donald Trump could, could very well run for president, get the nomination. So you're going to go, okay, uh, October 11th, uh, we're going to indict the uh, Republican, former Republican president. So this whole thing might have to wait till after November if they don't uh, come up with a verdict by next week, I think, September 11th, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. September 10th. So uh, we'll get an answer. You know, at first, when I, when I saw those pictures, got up at the same time as you. Actually, you're up a little earlier because you're on the air. Uh, and I'm saying, okay, uh, they, they provided so much detail on this raid. I thought they didn't want to decide any detail. <laughs> I thought a judge had to go, hey, guys, sh- reveal some people, some, uh, some of the affidavit. The, the American people need to know, and it's not, no one's going to be hurt by that. Okay? And then they let this out. Then all of a sudden they'd have this Trevor Trove of information all to avoid a special master. If I was if I was so confident about my raid and my need to go in and what led to it and I had no other option, I'd say, I welcome. I, I need a ref. I need a ref to show me that I wasn't off sides, that, you know, that, that, uh, that the ball was in. I, I welcome it if, I'm, if I really believe that my raid was warranted. Instead, they worked so hard yesterday to reveal, and then said to myself, Did Donald, "Is that the bottom?" When I first looked at, it, "Is that the bottom of Donald Trump's closet? Top secret information?" You know, I said, "Okay, that's interesting." I didn't, I wouldn't think that's his speed because he's very organized guy. I mean, you, I, I was able to walk in the Oval Office. Nothing's on his desk. So, uh, and I was into, and, I, and many people listening right now have had the chance to visit Trump Tower or you watch The Apprentice for years. Mm. Pretty organized. I can't see him tossing folders. And it turns out the FBI threw him on the floor, took a picture. 
Right. right. Know, what are we being sold? We're being we're being marketed to. Uh, to look at how shoddy is. Excuse me. It, they're not on the floor. You took them and tossed them on the floor. Imagine that. Oh, this guy's a slob. Why? Well, I turned his office upside down. Oh, really? Thanks. Brian, what if what if it does appear? What if it is proven that uh, Trump had um, really highly classified documents, top secret information that uh, did provide information about human American human intelligence assets abroad, and had um, you know all sorts of nuclear secrets which maybe were being carelessly handled in the full view of anybody visiting Mar-a-Lago. You think that people are going to be irked about about Trump's handling of these documents if that's but, but what frankly, shows? Like, which, which you just described is definitely not true. I mean, it was. They said that uh, they said that there were some folders in his closet. I mean, who's visiting Donald Trump's closet at Mar-a-Lago? And number two, uh, if it was, and the rest of the stuff was locked up. What they didn't like about it is that they said that the lawyers did not tell them everything that they had, and they found stuff there that they didn't know they. Uh, they didn't know it was even in the building that just told them was done. And I haven't seen the paperwork, but they said they signed a document that said, I gave you everything, or I'm about to give you everything. So, or you've seen everything. Okay. I, I don't know who that lawyer is. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. I don't think Donald Trump signed it. Uh, we'll have to know. And I just know this. This is the same guy they couldn't get to read the Daily Brief, and they used to mock him. <laughs> they go, you know, we used to we used to have knock it down to one page. When he stopped reading that, we read it to him. So now, all of a sudden, let's relive the four years in detail. Let's find out who's our special agent in Tunisia. Uh, you know, honey, gather around. Uh, hi, members of Mar-a-Lago, come, come one, come all. You know what I think has got to happen now? There's got to be a system. I don't care who the next president is. Uh, uh, Joe Biden, you're a one-term president. It is uh, uh, right before Christmas. We're going to go through all the paperwork with the National Archives, with all those librarians. And they can just sit around and go, nope, you can't do that, you can't do that. And then the president will have a chance to challenge it. And there will be a system. How hard is it? There's so much time between the election and, and the inauguration. Guys, what are you doing? Why is it that you are leaving box filing cabinet boxes on Marine One? I have no idea. You know, who are those people? Do you think that Donald Trump is in? They go, yeah, take this one, take this one, take this one. Do you think he's ever done that? You know, does he bubble wrap this, don't do that? You know how many moves he's had? You know, how many buildings he's in. So uh, I'm pretty sure he wasn't saying, I want all this. Now, what I do think, if there was substance to it, I do think there's a distrust there with, with Crossfire Hurricane. And I do think with the investigations on the impeachment, I think he wants to make sure that this stuff isn't destroyed should he be challenged in the future. That could be something legally. Uh, but I think he'll have a challenge to that. Go, go Yeah, uh, you guys spotted my campaign. I had to find out about it because I came president. But you also had to keep me top secret. So just in case you decide to change the story, I want a copy of that. Mm. But mm. there just seems to be totally disorganization. And, Frank, my goodness, on the transition of power, we've had 45 of them. Oh, excuse me. Some people win re-election. So let's say we've had 30 of them or 28. Can we get, can we get up a system? Well, Guys, yeah. today's the day where your chief of staff meets with the archives. Right. You know? Well, yeah, no, I, I think um, I mean, I think it was sort of a, a game changer, at least my understanding 
1978 post-Watergate when they passed this Presidential Records Act, and then that made it so that the papers that these presidents created were no longer their personal property. Instead, then they became the property of uh, the National Archives of the American people. I think that's kind of the rub, and it's fairly modern. You know, there's only three or four, I guess there's six presidents that have had to deal with what to do with all these papers after they uh, after they leave office. What about the politics of it, Brian? It seemed like early on all of Trump's potential adversaries for the 2024 nomination were lining up uh, behind him, and this was a boon to his political fundraising operation. It seems like maybe that has cooled off a little bit. You don't see a lot of the uh, prominent conservative market makers running on the Sunday shows to decry the conduct of uh, the Department of Justice as enthusiastically as they did when this story first broke. What do you see the political status of this at this point? Well, I would say Republicans have a a strategy that they really should adhere to, and that is inflation, illegal immigration, crime, um, Afghanistan. This is what we should be voting on. And we shouldn't be voting on Mar-a-Lago or 2020 uh, re-election. And even Jim Jordan or or Don Jr. or who's ever active in politics, they, they should not be... They should not be saying, yeah, let's go back to Mar-a-Lago. What I think is fascinating is the exposure of that uh, FBI agent and what Zuckerberg said with Joe Rogan. That, I think, has a lot of legs. But I think it's a loser for Republicans, I don't care how right you think Donald Trump is, to go, yeah, let's let's go over that raid again. There's a reason why CNN is leading with it, because they don't want to have to explain Joe Biden and what he really meant to say. They don't want to explain the divider in chief. They don't want to explain that he just insulted 74 million uh, people that voted for Donald Trump and called him mag extremist or that the governor Hochul in New York told uh, conservatives to leave the state. You know, we don't want you here. They, I've never heard that before. And Governor Chris of Florida saying, if you're voting for DeSantis, you're a hater. Don't vote for me. So the Republicans, every day they're not talking about uh, this ridiculous, irresponsible rhetoric and the president's track record. I think it's a loser for them. So I wouldn't necessarily think that they're off the Trump bandwagon, but it's kind of a boring story. You know, mm. it's OK. Got the records. Don't have the records. I, I you should have a raid. You don't have a raid. I hate Donald Trump. There's more proof of it. I love Donald Trump. This is uh, proof he's a target of it. And yet you and I live a life where most of the people that, uh, if I can speak for you, that, that really care about their budget, paycheck to paycheck, they're being affected every day. Did oh, you ever sure. talk to somebody? You go to a barbecue. You know what they're talking about? Utility bills. Mm. You know, and yeah, it's gas is two dollars more expensive than it was. It's a dollar off with the high, but it's still expensive, affecting everybody's lives and everything else we get for, because of the supply chain, because of the price of diesel is more expensive where we go. And I could not believe this stat that 20 million Americans are late on their utility payments. One out of six can't make them. So, and then uh, the average person goes, Mar-a-Lago, really, Mar-a-Lago, a place I'll never be. Uh, uh, a, a, uh, a compound I'll never own. So I, you know, I feel like it's very 2020. Once you get past the sensationalism of it, and the special master will keep it a first-page story. But I think by the time we get done with Labor Day, I think this thing goes mm. quiet. Yeah, no, you may be right. Uh, one of the other things that uh, that we're seeing, uh, maybe a front-page story for one day, uh, but it's going to be very short-lived in terms of its actual consequence on the country, is this special election that took place in Alaska where it looks like the Democrats 
picked up a seat with uh, Congresswoman Mary Peltola getting elected, and they're going to face off again in November for the entirety of this two-year term. This is just a couple of months. Uh, Does this spell the end of uh, Sarah Palin's political comeback, or you think she may fare better in the November election? I don't know. I mean, I can't bring you inside Alaska, but I will say she's almost a celebrity, and they are bitter with her the way she got got her uh, became governor and walked away from the job to be a to running mate of John McCain. They feel like she just walked away from Alaska, literally. And uh, there's a little bit of more resentment there than maybe she thought. And it's the first time they're doing this uh, this type of election. But look, it's a, it's something Democrats will be talking about flipping a seat today uh, in Alaska. And they're going to talk about Murkowski. Remember, Murkowski won as an independent. She didn't win as a Republican mm-hmm. as she tries to get those other six years. So I, I think if it was just a Republican against a Democrat, like what we saw in upstate New York, I would think that it's a bigger story. But I do think you're voting up or down Sarah Palin. And uh, from what I understand, there is some bitterness there still, which I feel bad for her. She gets tapped as a number two. John McCain ends up not even inviting her to the funeral. She loses her entire reputation. And now she goes back to Alaska and and doesn't win a special election seat. So well, I mean, you know. again, I, I, we shouldn't put out take up a collection for Sarah Palin just yet. I mean, she has had a few good earning years, and she's done some interesting things, and wrote a book, and she got to be a Fox you know, News. Wait, you know, her whole personal life's been destroyed. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like divorce, a yeah, family exposed. That, you know, uh, well, whatever. I mean, I had a chance to see Ron Dugay. Uh, not Sarah Palin, and he he was raving about her. So you're right. Maybe he is doing good. They are dating. Um, and he talked about everywhere I go, I'm invisible for the first time in my life. And this guy was married to supermodels, <laughs> right. wasn't right. he? Right. Well, the people I really feel bad for is somebody that's 25 and a half years old that's dating Leonardo DiCaprio. It's come out this week that Leonardo DiCaprio has never publicly dated, no matter what age he is, Anyone over the age of 25. So now the gap between he and the women that he's dating, which apparently there's a cap at 25, you, is almost at the point where it's eclipsing the actual age of the women that he's dating. Uh, where are you on uh, on Leo Gate, Brian? Well, I'm so glad you brought this up because I am so concerned about celebrities <laughs> dating young women. And a lot of people, you know, like if I'm on with Piscopo or somebody, he never brings it up. But with Frank, uh, we delve into the DiCaprio and the women he dates on his yachts or he takes on his private jet to go to a, uh, a green, uh, green energy rally. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, I'll put it this way. I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be doing this. I mean, it must not be easy to be a sex symbol full time. Um, and I wish him the best luck. I just don't know. There, there's such a gap in age. He must not be interested in conversation. He must be one of these guys that uh, that ha- likes hanging out with women for one reason, and then when it comes to conversation, calls George Clooney. <laughs> because, I mean, you're supposed to be dating a woman you somewhat can relate to. In theory, sometimes there's 25-year-olds that are old for their age. They have older brothers and sisters. I don't know. But, I mean, what do you talk about? It's a great question, but I can tell you when the microphone is off, Joe Piscopo has no problem having conversations about dating younger women. That's one of the conversations he's most most comfortable having. Brian, what's... So I was wrong. I stand correct. Off air. Off air. What's uh, what's coming up on Fox and Friends today? What's coming up on the the, uh, radio show today? Well, I am leading with the DiCaprio story. (laughs) And uh, and I don't really know if I'm going to have time to get to anything else. Uh, and, you know, I feel bad, too, because I'm going to bring the DiCaprio story up to Jason Chaffetz, Julie Banderas, Senator Rick Scott, Mark Thiessen. 
uh, and Andy McCarthy. Now, how do you not do that at this point? Now, if you brought up the Leonardo DiCaprio story to Jason Chaffetz and Rick Scott and Andy McCarthy, whatever their response is, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You know what? I'm bringing it up. Thank you. Thank you. Are you going to be sleeping during my show? No, no not today. I'm here? not. I'm, I'm. I will be. Uh, I will be <laughs> listening and watching intently, my friend. Oh, I feel bad because I have my, my lead researcher missed that story. <laughs> I have. Not, I, you know how much I've read already. I've been reading since two fifty. Nothing about DiCaprio. I will send it over to you. I will send if it over to you. Don't mind. Yeah, Brian. Thank you. We'll be watching. We'll be listening. I'll look forward to seeing you at the uh, at the party next week for the hundredth anniversary. Right, you and I will be uh, all falling asleep in the chair, but we're doing it for we're doing it for John Casavitidis at WABC. Excuse me, you realize we have morning shows and overnight shows. Can't we have a noon luncheon? I mean, it's come true. on, or a breakfast. What better way right. to celebrate a hundred years than a luncheon? A breakfast, right? All right, uh, Brian, uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll we'll be watching. Thanks again. Bye, Frank. All right, check out Brian on Fox and Friends. 15 seconds of fame in just a moment. We um, didn't get to do it yesterday because I went too long in talking, but that's what happens. Uh, today, uh, Matt Blaze was a much more judicious taskmaster, much more unforgiving taskmaster, and he has made sure that we did not go over. So we will give you an opportunity to have your 15 seconds straight ahead. The other side of midnight. Midnight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.